Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I am Amy Gunn, and today I am joined by Erica Slater and Elizabeth McNulty. Hello, ladies. Hey. Hi. Today, we're going to talk about clothes, ladies. (laughs) We haven't done this for a while, and I am prompted because I got an email from a couple of friends of mine who practice in another state, and I know them through a national organization, and they have some new marketing materials that they're getting out, some new photographs, and emailed me to ask a little bit of advice about what they wear in these photo shoots and referenced our Heels in the Courtroom marketing materials for our website and loved that we use color. And it got me thinking about color and when to use it, when it's too much. I know we've talked a few times about what to wear to court and those kind of things, but this is a little bit more specific about should you wear dark colors? Should you wear bright colors? St. Louis has a wonderful botanical garden, and over winter, over the holiday, they have what's called the garden glow, and it's a lot of lights, and you walk through it. It's beautiful. And it's typically cold, so I had a little bit extra time on my hands over our holiday break before we went to the Garden Glow. So I picked out this outfit that included a pair of kind of light pink snow boots or wet boots. It had uh, rained the day before, and I was like, that's close enough. (laughs) Then I had a pair of hot pink corduroy pants and... A couple of years ago, I bought this fake fur, hot pink, like scarf, but it was kind of big and fluffy and it had one of those slits in it. So you can put one end over the other. So it wasn't like a full wrap around your neck. And then I had, I have a red ski jacket and it was pretty cold that night. So I had, I spent time on this, y'all. I had the light pink boots, the hot pink scarf thing, the hot pink pants and the red ski coat. And I love hot pink and red together. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was killing it. (laughs) And we went with one of my real, real good friends. She knows who she is. And she took one look at me and was like, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And she was just very much like, that's just a lot going on. (laughs) And so it got me thinking. And she was right. Look, she was right. And I have shown y'all the photographs. (laughs) You agree. It was a lot. And so it got me thinking whether I have too much color in my wardrobe. And that was, and then this email from my friend's, um, in Wisconsin came kind of on the heels of that. And so I've been thinking about color in my wardrobe and what, how much is appropriate is, is too much color too bright? What should I wear to court? And oftentimes for court, I have always preached, let, you know, we don't need to look like men. We do not need to wear our dark suits and and briefcase and look just like a man. I don't think that's to our advantage. I think, in fact, it takes away from some of our best um, abilities to 
stand out and to look different. So, but I also think it begs the question of how much color is too much color. Erica, what do you think? Well, I have to also confess to our listeners that this entire podcast is going to be meant to disabuse you of this ridiculous <laughs> notion that you shared with us that from that experience of your, I don't know, 2023 Barbie movie inspired tone on tone winter bunny outfit. That is a very good description. Uh, <laughs> that you were resigning to take color out of your wardrobe, which is an awful idea okay. for okay. Miss Amy Gunn okay, from you. Kentucky right? because you would do us all a disservice. Okay, good. <laughs> so that maybe point not, number one. Maybe not every <laughs> article of clothing has to be a different bright color. Hmm. Maybe that's okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about color a little bit. Okay. I love the looks recently, especially for women's suiting of like tone on tone that you have, you know, the same color or a very coordinating color under a suit, but it's got to be a color. Like nobody cares if you wear a black shirt under a black suit that you're going to a funeral. I don't know. It can be very sophisticated. Don't get me wrong. But it can a, be very sophisticated. That's a material and texture thing. That's a good point. Right? Yes. Right. That's true. So you're maybe wearing a black silk shirt under a black, you know, textured suit or, you know, even really sleek, nice material. And that's where the look comes from. But so I get where you were going <laughs> with the the bright pink and the red. And I don't, here's my double negative. I do not not support it. Okay. <laughs> but I wouldn't go as far as to case. say I support it. Yes. It's case a case, by case. By case. But I think that you can communicate a lot with color, especially when you're dressing up professionally for women. Here's the snotty thing I'm going to say. When I think about my own clothes journey, <laughs> my professional We've clothes all had journey, one. everyone needs an Elizabeth in the room too, because she is eye rolling me hard. No. But, you know, when, when I was younger and started practicing, obviously a lot of resources were not going towards my wardrobe. The goal was to be appropriate and professional and have the right clothes in the moment. Or that's, that's what I focused on as opposed to being able to buy nice pieces or things that, you know, you can do great stuff with a professional wardrobe. It does not have to be boring or, you know, not expressive of who you are. Right. I haven't necessarily found all those options when I was, you know, my first couple of years of practice running into like J. Crew Factory and, you know, the disc and and Taylor outlet even, you know, like I was trying to fill in like I need a suit that fits that is an updated cut, yeah. you know, or something like that. But lo and behold, I mean, those suits were in charcoal and black and, you know, kind of drab navy usually. Once in a while I had some sort of flair, maybe a pinstripe or something in there, you know, that was like, okay, I've updated. But as I've gotten older and developed my own personal style a little bit more, I think, especially in suiting, like taking it up to a color that is, you know, like gem tones or mm -hmm. something like that, that I think gives you a finish and has more of a elevated feel and look and looks like something that is more personal than 
kind of matching the suiting colors that you're going to see from the boys. Yeah. And I think it does take more effort. Mm -hmm. You could go online and get a black suit or a gray suit or a blue suit. You could walk into the same stores, the Ann Taylors, the J. Cruz um, out there and find that suiting. Mm -hmm. It's just, especially with COVID, it's not as easy as it used to be to find suits. Yeah. And and we have talked about, you don't have to, I don't even wear suits very often. I wear dresses with a blazer and they're very rarely matchy-matchy. I have some, but not, not mm-hmm. a lot that are matchy-matchy. And so that's where you can mix the colors. I have a cream dress that I love putting different colored yeah. blazers with. Yeah. And I've, I've been joking recently that I want to wear something like white or cream at every trial because white is the color of good, right? We're the good <laughs> yeah. guys. We're the good I don't gals. wear a white hat because it wouldn't go with my outfit, <laughs> right. but here's my dress. <laughs> right. I get a white fascinator. Yeah. I don't know. But that's the subtle. <laughs> you jury, Kentucky girls. <laughs> I think the oh, jury's fascinators. picking up on that. <laughs> oh, she's good. She's got white on. It's good. So I, I like to mix and match, but it does take a lot of effort to go. And I am very purposeful. And I've talked about this a lot. I love to shop. It's my hobby. I will go and just find one piece that I think is a beautiful piece and, and take it back to my closet. And, oh, look, those pants look good with it, or that skirt or that dress looks good with it. And if you do that long enough, then you do end up with a lot of nicer pieces. That's what I've learned over the years, quality over quantity. And I'm over fast fashion. It's to the decision paralysis in your closet of a bunch of stuff that falls apart in a couple seasons is... No, it's not... It doesn't excite you to pull it out. No, and it doesn't doesn't really last. And Mm -hmm. But that's the problem with like the fun, colorful things that stand out. You can't really wear those all the time because people are going to be like, oh my God, is she wearing those pants again? Enough already. (laughs) You know, and so that is the... I think that's the downside of the colorful pieces yeah. is they are memorable. And so how many seasons can you wear them before people are like, does, does she have any other pants? <laughs> well, I have to say, okay, <laughs> so two comments. Liz isn't here, but I'm going to brag on her a little bit. And maybe I shouldn't have dished on our tried and true J. Crew banana and, and Ann Taylor staples <laughs> that took us all through our first professional wardrobes. Yes, but same. Liz has this beautiful, like, true red suit. I know you've got one too. And I think it was Ann Taylor. And then she's got like this beautiful hunter green suit and the cut's beautiful. It Mm -hmm. fits her beautifully. She wears them so well. And like when I see her in those suits, um, I notice them, but like I'm never sick of them, even the bright red, because like she wears them so well, she accessorizes them nice. And it's something different. You know, like it looks elevated and put together because it is, you know, a different color palette that you're not used to seeing, but also probably incorporates really easily into her closet, you know, with shoes and stuff like that. But I'm surprised to hear from you that you buy things separately because, I mean, really, like most of your outfits look put together as an outfit. As opposed to, I think that's where I have run into trouble is that I'll buy like one thing and then haven't thought through, or maybe I didn't have the right stuff previously, like haven't thought through what might go with that. Well, I love having a ready-made outfit. I do love that. And, but when you have, 
your red suit and your cream suit and your navy suit and your, you know, name your color, your camel suit and your, then that's when I'm like, okay, I have, I have all of these suits, uh, both in terms of skirts and in terms of pants. And I don't want to sound like a snob. I really don't. I just like to shop and it I'm is, old. It is your hobby. <laughs> you and I have not argued about this, but I've I've told you on multiple occasions, I'd like to achieve that look with none of the work. Yeah. And, no, and it is although a lot it's of work. work, it's also your hobby. Correct. And I'm not a big fan of shopping. And <sighs> don't and just that. And ordering like Elizabeth, you're a fan of shopping. I am. Yes. And and you you two, you Kentucky ladies, yeah. like you guys use blood. color a little differently than like Elizabeth. You have like a sophisticated and preppy style, but it's always you're always put together too. And like the the pieces that you like bring into your clothing, I mean that you have this one coat that is like has that pattern on it. The blue one, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Every time you wear it, I'm like, Love wow. It. Like it's just, it looks very put together. It looks very intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that achieving that intentional look and that you've put something together does take a lot of work. It does. And yeah. in my case, practice. Yeah. I mean, here's here's what I used to do. I'm getting away from it now, but what I used to do before any trial, because especially, you know, through COVID, I would be like, what am I going to wear for every day of this week, week and a half trial and think about it? And I'd be like, everything sucks and I can't think about it. So I'd like go online and buy like 10 things from like whatever, Ann Taylor outlet, what Ann Taylor on sale, you know, and I'd get all this junk. And I'd be like, it works for right now. It'll get me through trial. In there. And then it like lives in my closet. Well, not anymore. And then it becomes I got rid your of it. trial wardrobe that yes. you only get after trial. And yeah. It's yeah. But- and you don't, it's not the stuff you love wearing. No. You know, it's not your go-to. It's probably like some staple stuff that you are looking like all the boys out there. Yeah. Elizabeth, you have a trial coming up. I do. Do you have your wardrobe picked out? Yeah. I mean, I think shopping when you need something is the worst kind of shopping and maybe that's why you don't like it because like you really need to always be looking out for like things you can fit into your wardrobe which is what I've done for you know a very long time (laughs) I went to did your mom pass that on to you too no my mom hated shopping and I always looks put together too yeah well that's because of me (laughs) I like that but she would credit me with that okay (laughs) but I think a lot of it is because I wore a uniform for, mm, you know, first yeah. 18 years of my life. So I, I didn't need to buy a lot of clothes. So when I did buy stuff, it was like those statement kind of yeah. things. It was stuff that stood out. And like, so I, but I'm also very into shoes, bags and coats because that's the only way you could stand out when you're wearing a uniform. Oh, yes. And so, but then I never really evolved past that. And so even now my closet is full of bright stuff because it's like, well, why would I want to buy that in like black, gray, navy yeah. when I could buy it in a fun color. So I think that's, I don't have a lot of like traditional colors of anything because I like that isn't a fun buy for me. So a lot of my stuff is like loud, but you can work that in in a different way, I think. And so you always have to be on the lookout for stuff to buy when you need it because that shopping under duress is like the worst kind of thing. It is. And and you'll overspend and I don't like doing that either. You'll overspend or you'll buy too much crap 
And yeah, it's just, it's a pressure cooker, but it it really is a skill, (laughs) you know, and you got to know where to shop, where not to shop and, and have someone who will shepherd you through. And like most things in life, practice makes perfect. (laughs) The more you practice, the better you get at it. That's what I tell people. Um, One point is tailoring. I, like most people, don't have perfect dimensions to fit what's on the rack. And it's close, right? But it needs a tuck here or a hem there. Almost always I need a hem. But I don't buy anything now. And this is, again, part of the practice makes perfect that, that I don't tailor. And spend the extra 40 bucks on the hemming. And I will even do, I'm laughing because I have this... Um, blazer on today that's that I have rolled up it's rolled up in order to see the color of the shirt underneath it versus not fitting right because if you roll it down it still fits right and it kind of has a flare and that's the whole Mm -hmm. point of it but even if I have a a blazer that is not supposed to be flipped up and it is over like the knuckle on my thumb like nope I don't care if it's a inch I will say take it up yeah because I can tell the difference and now I'm sort of trained on that when I see other people like that's too short, that's too long. Mm -hmm. And Sue, our producer, before we started this episode, had a hilarious story. And she, will you mic up? Will you mic up and tell us his story? So Sue is coming down here because she, and this is totally on point. She was sitting in a jury trial not too long ago. And tell us about what you saw, Sue. The prosecuting attorney was a middle-aged woman on the younger side and came out in a caramel dress with a loud caramel black and gray animal print sleeveless jacket that went down to her knees, which was a little bit loud for the first day. But, you know, we're like, okay, you've got style. I'm going with it. But she had navy pumps on. And they were not good-looking navy pumps. They were a little bit worn. And there was absolutely not one touch of navy in her outfit anywhere. Yeah. And I couldn't get away from it. I kept looking at her. And what kept going through my head was, how do you expect me to believe you if you can't dress yourself? <laughs> and it was it was difficult. And, I mean, it was a criminal case. It was a serious case. And, of course, I'm not saying that that, you know, affected my decision a whole lot. But... It was surprising after listening to this discussion that y'all have about it, how much it did affect me as a juror because I was distracted by that. I kept looking at her shoes or just like, you can't be that pulled together in your case if you look like this. Yeah, and, and so that that that's so interesting because I, on this side, we talk about these things, what to wear in front of a jury, what to wear in court. And, and and guess that juries care what we're wearing. You know, I think I live under this idea that it matters in some way, and you're confirming it. Mm-hmm. And the defense attorney, on the other hand, uh, came in in what I would say was barely casual business dress. Oh, wow. I mean, like with just a sweater and a skirt and had not tailored her clothing appropriately. And then you think, well, you're trying to dissuade me from believing the prosecution and you're not looking sharp. You're looking like this will go my way. Maybe not. Yeah. You didn't look confident in your dress. And that was difficult too. And as she progressed through the trial um, on closing, she looked a lot better, a lot more pulled together. And that helped me 
be convinced with, okay, now she's on. Yeah. And I didn't feel like she was on before because she was like, eh, it's prosecution day, so I don't have to look nice. And that impacted I'm so scared me. now. <laughs> I'm so scared. I don't think you'll ever have either of those problems. Well, no, it's, it's, thank you, Sue. It's that, as I said, I, it, it was almost more comfortable for me to believe that this is kind of all in my head and make much ado about nothing. But that tells me that, you know, people really are watching and being distracted by things. But it also makes me worry that if I wear something big and bright, like look at me, look at me, that it can be distracting, maybe not in a good way. But I, what I'm hearing from Sue's experience, which I agree with you, Amy, hearing this confirmed means we haven't been wasting all of our right. <laughs> time and energy thinking about this, is maybe you were expecting more gravitas, more, you know, taking the whole system more seriously. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, thinking about a courtroom pre-COVID, maybe versus post-COVID, I mean, I've always heard it said, like, you know, the courtroom is the last, like, formal, mm -hmm. you know, atmosphere in professional clothing. And that rule seems to be, at least in the trial that you're describing, Sue, very blurred. And and I agree with you. I mean, if <laughs> if as a client, if your attorney showed up and, you know, was not really giving a thought to what their appearance and the first impressions, I'd, I'd have some thoughts about that yeah. and where I was spending my money and, and what was going on. And, you know, for better or worse, I think our clothing communicates so much, a lot about your confidence, which you mentioned, Sue. And I, you know, it's not, it's not wrong to have thought that or change your mind, but then you had a first impression to overcome, it sounds like, especially as the trial progressed and, you know, the the defense attorney that you were mentioning, you know, seemed to kind of pull that look together and the whole package kind of came together it, it, because you just... I'm sure there's a million women who walk this world and are as confident and, and capable as anything, but they may be like me and not like shopping. <laughs> but unfortunately, I and I don't think it's it's a gendered thing. I think that I would have the oh, same. Oh, I think it's totally well. I think gendered. it's easier. I think it's okay. easier to follow a male uniform. Oh, um, right. and we and that it's a burden and and a. It's a, you know, it's a gift and a curse to have more options and, you know, kind of follow our playbook of be yourself and and take those options and wear color if that feels good on you and whatever. But I think without a doubt, your clothing communicates to others the seriousness with which you take the situation, mm -hmm. the seriousness with which you take yourself, and you can't get back that first impression. Mm -mm. Now you'll go crazy, you know, thinking about that 100% of the time. Like I can't tell you about how many times I've run into like an opposing counsel on a Saturday at Target and we're both like, not today. <laughs> You know, it's like I, I'm with my kids. I got my hair in a ponytail. I got leggings on. Like, let's just not engage. Let's pretend that we only meet each other on the battlefield with four inch heels. And here we go. But, you know, it's an 80-20 rule, which for Amy's benefit over here is 80% of the time you're on point. 20% of the time it can be I don't a little flop. Absolutely. That is the least surprising thing. Well, ladies, I love having these discussions because I do think it's important. And I think Sue has confirmed 
that it's important to be intentional about what you wear in court and otherwise. And I, I just always appreciate the feedback. And I'm not sure, I'm not going to give up color. I'm not going to give up color. <laughs> and so the email that I got from my friends just made me think that this is not going away. This is not solved. This is not over. Everyone of every generation is still thinking and worrying about what to wear um, as professional women, as trial attorneys. And I think you just have to be intentional. And Erica, to your point, you have to be comfortable. If, if you don't love red, just because, you know, there's a great, just because Liz has a great red suit doesn't mean that that is the right thing for you. So you have to be comfortable. But I do really endorse the idea that it is an opportunity for women to be different, to be feminine, to be um, to be relatable to the folks on the jury, whether it's men or women. Um, and it is an opportunity to to have an advantage. And that's what we're always looking for, the advantages. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. We drop episodes every other Wednesday, and we'll see you next time. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. At the Simon Law Firm PC, we believe in the power of pooling resources in order to create powerful results. We often lend our trial skills and experience to lawyers around the country to achieve better results for their clients. Our attorneys welcome the opportunity to work with you on your case, offering vast resources, seasoned litigators, and a sterling reputation. You can contact us at 314-241-2929. And if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to share your thoughts with Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And subscribe today because the best lawyers never stop learning.